The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. You are listening to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio, hosted by two-time Stanley Cup winner and hockey legend Kevin Stevens. Through hard-hitting discussion, personal testimonies, and cutting-edge resources to help battle the disease, Crosscheck is dedicated to ending the stigma and shame behind addiction and bringing forth the hope and support for those suffering from addiction to power forward and overcome it. Let's join Kevin Stevens and his team now on Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio. Hello, I'm Kevin Stevens. Welcome to Crosscheck Radio. We've got two great guests today, two uh, guys that came in and uh, are in the field of helping people. You know, they're, they're great guests, they're great guys, they've got great stories. I'll turn it over to my buddy Andy and he can take it away. You are correct, sir. We have a fantastic show planned today. Before we get started with our first guest, let's meet our wonderful panel of Alyssa Horton from Recovering Champions, the great Willie Drinkwater from Parts Unknown. No, from <laughs> from behind the glass. Yeah, <laughs> Willie is a uh, is an adjunct professor at UMass Boston and has his own private practice. We have Amy George here from Spring Hill Recovery Centers and Polly V behind the glass. Today he's behind the glass. So let's get started with our first guest, which is Steve Mangeau. He is the executive director for the Samaritans. Steve has been the executive director since 2015. He started as a volunteer, board of directors, and chairman. Prior to becoming executive director, he had a long career in sales and corporate leadership. Following the tragic death of his sister Kathy at 39, Steve discovered the Samaritans after attending one of their breakfasts 18 years ago. He was moved by what he saw and decided to get involved in the organization. Let's welcome Steve. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Tell us about how you got started with the Samaritans. Well, as you mentioned, uh, you know, my, my story really goes back. The first time I lost someone I cared about to suicide was in high school, and then I lost another friend while going to college. And uh, shortly after that, um, uh, my wife lost her cousin to suicide. I lost my next-door neighbor. Wow. Uh, yeah, a couple of co-workers, and um, also lost uh, one of my brother-in-laws as well as my sister Kathy. Okay. And the loss of Kathy, of course, was, uh, you know, the most devastating uh, uh, in impactful um, um, on myself and my family. I'm one of eight, so uh, we really took it kind of hard. Sure. Uh, went a lot of years without, we didn't deny what happened, but we sure didn't know how to talk about it. And um, and then I say I discovered Samaritans. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, I mean, my recollection is just getting a solicitation in the mail, like you get from the Heart Association or whatever. Uh, wrote a small check and then went to a Breakfast for Hope event, which is the uh, signature event they hold every spring. And... Um, in an, a rather amazing coincidence, they uh, sent me over to a table. I, you know, wandered it alone, and I sat down. And I look over my left shoulder, and it was Mrs. Hall, my next door neighbor, who had lost her husband. And she told me some wonderful things about the organization. And uh, from there, I decided to uh, uh, volunteer. And working on the helpline, um, you could really see how any of us can be trained to um, listen intently to others without judgment. Um, help people know they can be accepted for who and what they are and help them through some amazing uh, dark times and journeys to find hope. And for me, it was almost magical to be sitting there at 3 a.m. talking to someone who had called to tell me uh, this was going to be his last, uh, you know, the last day of his life and uh, a couple hours later agreeing to, to talk to us the next wow. day after the sun came up. So uh, I said, wow, this works. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
so I ended up volunteering for you know a long period of time and uh, was on the board for over eight years and uh, during that time uh, you know I we have a 5K event coming up later in September. It's the 20th anniversary of Samaritan's 5K run walk okay. for suicide prevention on the 29th. Okay. But um, we had a, my two older sisters, when they turned 60, we took them out for their birthdays. Kathy wasn't here. So what would have been her 60th uh, uh, birth year, we decided to have Kathy's team. And that was 12 years ago. And uh, I called my brothers and sisters and said, you know, hey, we got to do this. We've got to walk. And the gift is not it's you know it's a fundraiser but beyond that i can't describe when you get there and you're among you know 1500 to 2000 people who have lost someone and you're celebrating their lives and it allowed us to open the door and especially her seven grandchildren who never got to meet her you know i'm doing that walk and they they were up to my waist pulling on my fingers yeah. saying tell me another story about grandma oh wow so it opened up the conversation to honor her yeah it's amazing stuff it's amazing work you're doing it's it's um you lost a lot of people i don't know too many people have lost that many people that i don't know that many people that committed suicide in, in your family alone but it's amazing work like you said the stigma to get it out there and, and that people can actually talk about it and have someone to talk to <clears throat> and what you're doing and you know with your 5k walk there and it just it's just it's just like addiction it's kind of like the stigma is you know with mental illness Addiction is kind of wrapped into the same thing, but, right. you know, it's great work what you're doing, just trying to get it out there because people have a place to call. Like you said, you can save lives, and it's amazing work. Can you tell us a little bit about the services that you offer? Sure. There's three core services. We're probably most well-known for the uh, helpline number, the crisis services, and that uh, phone number is uh, 877-870-HOPE, which okay. is 4673. And you can dial or text that number uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay. We have over 300 volunteers who actually um, staff the helpline. Okay. And it's amazing that, uh, you know, we're able to have that many. If you're ever having a hard day, all you have to do is talk to a Samaritan's volunteer and you'll feel better. Uh, you know, I, I often awesome. ask them, yeah. or I thank them for doing what they're doing, mm. uh, Kevin, and, uh, you know, they'll say, no, this is, this, you know, is so rewarding. I block out the world for four hours and listen to these people who are struggling and let them know that I think they're okay just the way they are. Um, you know, if, if we can uh, provide that acceptance to people and not judge them and not tell them what to do, just be there to listen, uh, it can make a huge difference. And we get around uh, seventy-five to 85,000 calls and texts uh, each year into wow. the Helpline Center. Wow, that's, that's uh, and, and, yeah, and the texting service... We launched that at the end of 2015, and uh, we're getting as, as many as 700 texts a month now, and they're coming from well, young people, as you can right. imagine. Yeah, And we're completely confidential. We don't um, ask any specific information. People can remain anonymous, but during the communication, you know, it's a high school student when they say, I'm waiting for the school bus. Right, you know, right. Or I'm on the bus, right. and the beauty of texting is they can they couldn't be talking to you on the phone with uh, any without us hearing them. Right. So they can shoot the text to us, and then they go silent for a while, and they tell us, you know, uh, well, I'm in my homeroom now, or in the bathroom, or whatever, and uh, continue that conversation. So if they're dealing with a bullying situation or you know troubles at home, right, uh, we're an outlet for them. That's fantastic, uh, Willie. Yeah, I mean, uh, with. With how often is addiction part of the mix? I mean, are, 
According to the um, Mass Department of Public Health, mm-hmm. uh, addiction, either alcohol or drug um, uh, abuse and addiction, is involved in 30 to 40 percent of suicides. Okay, it's high. And it's either um, identified as someone who is seeking treatment, or maybe there's some res- residual, you know, mm. um, alcohol or drug uh, in the in the uh, body when they do uh, the autopsy. Wow. I mean, I can share with my you know, sister, at the time, I wasn't thinking of her. I don't want to, you know, label her. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it was Christmas break. She was living in the Carolinas. I was living in uh, Pennsylvania. We were both uh, home with our uh, families. So I was staying at a small uh, one-floor home. Anyway, she was upstairs with her two teenage girls, and uh, I was staying in the basement with uh, my wife and kids. And... It's the middle of the night. I had to um, just go to the bathroom, so I, I, I come upstairs and I'm walking through the kitchen, and you know it's dark, but something's telling me there's somebody in this room. <laughs> it was just a, a sensation. Yeah. I hit the light switch, yeah. and uh, Kathy was standing there leaning against the seat with, with a uh, an above average glass of whiskey in her hand, you know. And I was like, Kath, what are you doing? And um, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have asked her a lot more questions that there I was didn't a warning think to sign, ask. So to speak. Yeah. Um, but she clearly was uh, drinking, uh, you know, heavily, and um, that was, you know, the last week I saw her alive. Three weeks wow. later, she ended her life, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and looking back, and, and to me, uh, it's pretty clear that uh, at least alcohol abuse was uh, part of her struggle. Yeah, I think, you know, I think addiction, you know, depression, all the mental illness, you know, factors that come in, I think, you know, addiction plays a little bit of a role. Now, you know, like you said, 40%, that's pretty high. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we tend to look back and see what the problem is. Why Why are we addicted? Like, why are we doing drugs? What, what is the underlying cause? And there's a lot of different reasons. And I think, you know, when you put the two together, you know, one of them together is as hard enough, right? Like right. addiction itself. But putting mental illness with addiction, you know, that the two package is very, very tough. And, uh, you know, you guys, you know, have that outlet. It's amazing. Like, how did, you know, when you get all these calls and these people, it's, it's just amazing people that are on the other line. I don't, I, it's, it's, it's great work. You know, like you said, volunteers do all this stuff, and it's great stuff. Are there questions that your volunteers ask? Are there certain questions that, I don't know if you could speak to that as far sure. as, are you yeah. using alcohol? You know, one of the things about reaching out to Samaritans is that we're not going to interrogate you the way okay. um, mm-hmm. others would, and we're not therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just a listening ear. So, you, you know, typically the conversation begins by just saying, "Hi, I'm Steve with Samaritans. Or would you be willing to share your name with me?" You know, they don't even have to do that if they don't want to. Um, and then say, "Tell me what's going on." You know, it's it's kind of like, "Why'd you call?" Because there has to be something happening, something that they want to you know, unload. The one question we always ask at some point in time is, uh, are you considering suicide or are you suicidal? We know through a lot of best demonstrated practice and study that um, people will dance around even if they're thinking about it themselves. Um, They'll avoid admitting it if you don't open up that door to let them speak about it. Yeah. Right. And in our training, uh, I'll I'll talk about our training in another minute, you know, we we stress how important it is to always ask the question. You're never going to put the idea of suicide in someone's mind by saying, are you considering suicide? Um, But if they are thinking about it 
and feel it might be too scary or too upsetting to share with you, they'll hold back. Um, you know, people who are suicidal often do everything they can to hide their, their pain from their family and those yeah, they're closest to absolutely. because they don't want to be a burden. That's why so many of us are you know, kind of in shock after we lose someone because in hindsight, you know, the tyranny of hindsight, we say you go back and you talk to people and you put the puzzle together and it's like, oh my God, I wish. The signs know, were there. I wish yeah. you know, some of the signs were there. Mm-hmm. Do you see like a lot of resistance from people um, admitting to having ideation of suicide or, or having thoughts of suicide? Because uh, in, in our field, we do a lot of the time because they're afraid of, you know, being put in a hospital or having a wellness check or having it almost on the wind yeah, go right. like blown up and, and like this hidden thing that they've been hiding all these feelings and, and thoughts from their loved ones is now in the open. Right. I mean, it's absolutely that way. And it's one of the benefits of the helpline because you can reach out to us at two in the morning, mm-hmm. unload, and then you don't have to see us tomorrow. <laughs> you know, That's true. You, know, <laughs> you get it out of your system and, and we're not coming back to ask you any questions. Um, and so it, it's an it's an outlet in that regard. And uh, as I said, we also go into the community. So if any of your listeners, if you're involved with any other group, um, we do suicide prevention workshops with uh, uh, it could be therapists or, or groups we consider gatekeepers. It could be nurses or guidance counselors in a school or teachers or coaches. We also do um, a program. Uh, how to help a friend so we do that with teens in high school and junior high classrooms um you know and, and we let them know that hey if if your friend betty or sally whoever um you know used to love going to the movies with you on the weekend and suddenly says the movies are stupid and uh, they change the way they're dressing and um they they start grumbling about you know other people and and what used to be wow. your network of friends something else might be going on Mm. so uh, do your best to not get upset with them and say hey I'm worried about you Um, things seem to have changed and uh, is there something else happening you you know it's okay to let me know and I I think yeah I think the biggest thing too is you know even with addiction and mental illness and when you make that call like kindness like I think that's the biggest thing about anything you know you shouldn't be afraid to Mm -hmm. ever make a phone call Mm. to someone because the, the people on that line uh, are kind. You know, it's one of these things. If you, if you, when you can tell when you talk to someone that's in recovery and someone that first comes in and struggling, you know, that wants to help and legitimately wants to help and they're right. kind. And these people stay because we're kind, because we're in the program. You know, the kindness is a big thing for addiction, too. And what you're saying, you're on the other line, and when you talk to people, you know, it's kindness. It's nice to call someone when you're, like, in trouble. You know, and you, and you talk to someone, and you can tell on the phone that this person legitimately cares. Right. You know, that's, Absolutely. That's, a, that's a huge thing, I think. Can you give me the number? Yeah, the number is 877-870-HOPE, which is 4673. Okay. Uh, Willie had a question. Yeah no, yeah, no, I just had a comment. I mean, over the years, I've had uh, clients, you know, who, who were using and had a suicide attempt and didn't even remember it. They wake up in mm-hmm. the inpatient, it's like, how did I get here? And it's like, yeah. well, you, you, you had a suicide attempt last night, and they look at you. They, they have no recollection, and that's a scary thing. I don't know how many overdoses nowadays are a suicide without a note, too. I mean, 
we, we just don't know. So addiction, I think, bumps it bumps it up. Mm-hmm. It really, really does. Yeah, I guess you know we're all pretty well aware that uh, addiction and alcohol, drug abuse, um, the residual or side effect is is depression, right? You know, a lot of regrets oh, yeah. over what you did. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I had a lot of nights I couldn't remember what I did uh, sure. before, too. And, uh, you know, you, you live in a lot of... <laughs> Where's my car? You know, along that line, the other uh, service we provide is uh, grief support meetings. So mm-hmm. they're in half a dozen locations. Um, we've had over 1,000 people a year come in. And uh, we don't do 12 steps, but they're not unlike a uh, 12-step meeting in that uh, you can come in for three meetings. You, you come and go as you please. Uh, but when you're sitting there, just like uh, in a 12-step meeting, and, and you're opening up about, um, the, the, in this case, it would be your grief journey with someone else who has lost a loved one to suicide, uh, a bond, or as you say, the mm-hmm. kindness is yeah. there, mm-hmm. and, and you, we don't ask each other s- some of the uh, questions those uh, other people who haven't gone through it will ask. Um, yeah. You know, not, not because people are being mean, but because they don't know any better, they mm-hmm. ask some pretty... Uh, Mm. Um, painful questions but when you're in a room with uh, uh, you know whether it's three to ten other people who have uh, lost a loved one Mm. and can share their grief journey it's uh, very healing can you give us some more details on the race again sure thank you yeah it's uh, at Artisani Park the last Saturday of September September 29th Uh, registration opens at 8 a.m. the uh, walk run begins at 10 a.m. the runners go off first followed by the walkers it's a uh, 5k and uh, this will be our 20th anniversary. We expect well over 2,000 people there this wow. year. Wow. And it's our single biggest fundraiser of the year. Okay. Um, so we uh, need to raise over $400,000 to keep our, uh, our vital services going. Oh, awesome. uh, over half of our uh, annual budget comes from individual uh, donations to, to the organization. So awesome. it's, awesome. It's, a, it's a big event for you right. guys. And there are you know, lots of teams there who mm-hmm. are there uh, in honor of... Uh, um, it doesn't have to be a suicide. You know, people are there mm-hmm. to remember uh, someone who maybe uh, we lost through some kind of addiction mm-hmm. or some other uh, problem. Uh, although um, probably three quarters of the teams are in memory of a mm-hmm. uh, suicide loss. Where, where can people register? You can go to Samaritans5k.org, or uh, and you can find out more information about us overall at SamaritansHope.org. Um, so Samaritan's Hope, all one word, dot org. And uh, you can find information there about volunteering. There's about a, a 15 to 20 minute uh, online um, um, info session you can go through. And if you uh, want to find out more about that, you register and someone from the team will uh, get together with you. And, and, uh, and as I said earlier, you can be from any walk of life. We've got teenagers from as young as 15 to retirees, working professionals, if you believe in your heart that people can help people, <laughs> yeah. you can be a, a volunteer. I attended yeah. the breakfast. It was unbelievable. Um, Kev? Yeah, no, it's just amazing work, Steve. You know, you guys should be proud. You know, it's um, such a big problem. It's such a big thing, and you guys are stepping up, doing a great job. You guys should be proud of yourself. It's good stuff. Well, thank you, and thank you for having us on because this is the way people learn about our service. You know, we don't have an advertising budget per se, mm-hmm. so uh, – Getting the word out is critical, and really appreciate it, Kevin. Awesome. Thank, thank you, and we'll put it on our website as well so people can find out more information. Fabulous. Thanks, Steve, Andy. thank you for coming on. Again, thank you. Thanks. We'll great, be back on CrossCheck. You have been listening to CrossCheck with your host, Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Oh no. Uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown tail light and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat, not to mention there's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, you know what? I changed my mind. You're under arrest. My name is Richard Morse, founder and chairman of Boston Financial Management. For more than 40 years, we have been dedicated to the creation and preservation of wealth for our clients. We strive to develop and implement individual investment programs to address the specific needs of each and every client. BFM is pleased to support Crosscheck Radio's mission of providing education and awareness about the drug addiction crisis currently facing this nation. We believe this program will increase awareness and begin to move the nation towards a better understanding of the crisis and ultimately to a solution. Boston Financial Management is proud to take an active role in promoting Power Forward, aired by Crosscheck Radio, and believe all communities and individuals will benefit with a greater knowledge about the current opioid crisis. For more information about Boston Financial Management, please visit our website at bfminvest.com. Clean Slate Centers is an outpatient clinic with a strong commitment to expanding access to medication-assisted treatment to help fight the opioid epidemic. Our primary mission is to help the underserved population reclaim their lives from substance abuse disorder. Clean Slate has 44 centers in eight states, and we pride ourselves on providing compassionate and effective physician-led treatment across all of our locations. We provide evidence-based care using the current guidelines established by the American Society of addiction medicine. Clean Slate's knowledgeable and caring team focuses on treating each patient as an individual while placing an emphasis on personal accountability. This is an effective method and will help those in need manage their addiction. The combination of individualized medical, behavioral health, and case management services has been shown to be the most effective treatment for people experiencing substance abuse disorder. For more information or to schedule an intake, please call 413-341-1780. That's 413-341-1780. Or visit www.cleanslatecenters.com. We are also a proud supporter of Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio. At Tracy, come in and see the difference for yourself. They have the largest selection. I found my dream car here. The choices are endless. There is no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. We'll help you make the best decision. We've bought 30 vans here. I love my new car. They put the fun back into buying a car. I wouldn't go anywhere else. Everybody wants a good deal. It's one of the reasons I keep coming back. Experience the rock-solid difference. Tracy Chevrolet Cadillac, exit 6 off Route 3, Plymouth, Mass. Hello, this is Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. Be sure to tune in to Crosscheck Radio each week with your host, Kevin Stevens. Welcome back to Crosscheck. 
Radio with your host, Kevin Stevens. I'm Andy Bernstein, alongside our dancing fools, Alyssa Horton, Willie Drinkwater, and Amy George is now behind the glass. And joining us now, hi, Amy. Um, and joining us now is Dan O'Connor. Dan is with AdCare. He has been a community service representative for the hospital since 2015 and helps refer professionals, families, and patients seeking treatment. He represents the AdCare Boston Outpatient Clinic, AdCare Hospital, and the AdCare Rhode Island Acute Residential Treatment Center. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, great, great to have you here. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, you know, where you came from and what you're doing and how it all came about. Sure. Um, back in uh, 1986, uh, I reached out to an employee assistant professional um, at Boston Edison. I had a major problem. I had that knot in my stomach every day for a long time. We had random alcohol and drug testing, and I knew I had a problem, and I didn't know how to get it addressed because I thought I'd lose my job because my job was everything to me. Anyway, what happens, um, I ended up calling a guy who's passed away, God rest his soul, a guy named Tom O'Connor, no relationship to me. He sent me up to Beach Hill Hospital up in New Hampshire. It was back way back when in the 28-day programs. So I went up there and... Uh, you know, as they say, uh, detoxes for discovery, and then I twelve-step programs are for recovery. And what happened as I was in Beach Hill, I ended up finding out that I was a sick person, but I could get better. When I got out of Beach Hill, um, a guy said to me, "Dan, look for the way into recovery. Never look for the way out." So when I got dropped off at home, I went back to work, and about maybe about a year later. I was down the nuclear power plant working in engineering, and a guy that was the vice president of the union showed up with two black guys, blood cake to the side of his face. Now, it doesn't take good year tire to know a black uh, uh, flat tire. Right. <laughs> so I ended up knowing what to do. I got him into treatment like I did, and my union president called me. I want you to start a MAP program. But I know that with addiction, I mean, it's great. You know, we all want to help, but I needed knowledge. So I went over to a great program over UMass, beginner counseling courses. With drink water. Willie, uh, Willie and I met at Cambridge College okay. later. Okay. So then realizing that as I went along, I ended up meeting my wife, and my wife gave me the proverbial boot in the butt. Why don't you get your master's degree, Dan? So I went back to Cambridge College, met Willie. Then I uh, changed your life. Changed my life. That's right. And then, right. then I, uh, I got a master's in counseling psychology, concentration on addictions. And then I uh, became licensed as an alcohol and drug counselor, certified as an EAP. So I'm going along in my life, and 2015 comes along. I have a chance to retire. So my wife said, You didn't retire, you just took another job. AdCare mm -hmm. came knocking on my door. AdCare, what does it stand for? The A stands for alcohol, the D stands for drug, alcohol, drug care. Uh, AdCare has been in existence for 40 plus years. It's a Medicare facility. So the, so the big, big thing with us is that older adults, that's what I say to people. Like I had a 77-year-old mm -hmm. mother calling me for treatment. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, with the, with the opiate epidemic, sure, the focus should be on every group. But what happens, older adults are forgotten because it's the fastest growing yeah. population. Yeah. Right. You know, I learned it's that back true. in school. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm working for AdCare and going along and... Um, Various opportunities presented itself. I ended up uh, becoming part of more mass organization on addiction recovery. I'm on the executive board. Magnolia New Beginnings, I'm on the executive board. It's mothers who have been affected by the disease of addiction. So 
That's a general synopsis, uh, Kevin. Yeah, it's all good stuff. It's amazing how, uh, you know, it all starts. Some kid walks in with a couple of black eyes, and you kind of help them out. Next thing you know, you're doing this thing, you know, the next 20 years or whatever, how long you've been doing it. But, um, yeah, I care is, um, like you said, I'm an ad care. I, I, I went to ad care. That's, you know, that's one of my stomping grounds. Not many I didn't try around here, but, geez. But, uh, like you said, it's... It was older peers. It, it, it varies, so it's a nice, you know, if someone's out there and they're struggling and they're older, they can call you guys. You guys can be yeah, there. 1-800-ALCOHOL. Yeah. 1-800-252-6465. Yeah, it's great stuff. And you're, you know, you're one of those guys that comes out and talks to people. Like, you know, if they can't talk to you, they're not going to be able to talk to anybody. You're a great guy. You're doing great work. And, it's, you know, it's all great stuff. It just helps, you know, like you said, the stigma, getting it out there. Like, people got to know that. There's help, and, and you can reach out to make that phone call. Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing, and we, we discussed it before we went on air and stuff, too, but I'm up on the North Shore, and I'm seeing late-onset alcoholism. Like, I feel like I'm back in the 90s again. You know, it's amazing. We're in an opioid epidemic, but on the North Shore, it's, it's just amazing, the late onset of alcoholism. I, mean, it's I call rampant. it the forgotten illness. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I think there's such a stigma with drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, I don't have a problem. Until they're like, I, I had to help someone over the weekend, a, uh, a friend of mine for years. I helped uh, section the uh, father. The father was a mess from drinking. He didn't want to put the white flag up, you know, mm-hmm. like I quit, mm-hmm. you know, so. Y- yeah, yeah, and like down the Cape even. I mean, oh, yeah. the Cape is only active three or four months out of the year. You get people retiring down the Cape. It gets pretty pretty boring. You lose your partner of 40 years or however long, and you turn to the bottle, you turn to drug use. So, Yeah, we run into that all the time. There's pretty much either you're, you're sober or you're drinking on Cape Cod. But also there's like we've seen a lot more so with retirement. It's almost like they're not being educated enough on what to do with their time at post-retirement, so they're usually turning to the drink because of boredom and not knowing what to do. What about uh, pain? So we see what and about? pain and stuff like that. But it really, it, it's more so out of that. It's where we've seen that age group come in. It's been mm-hmm. out of pure bur- like boredom and not having anything to do. They used to work, you know, 40, 50 hours a week, and then all of a sudden they have nothing. Uh, Absolutely. Like, well, in, in a famous psychologist, uh, Erickson, Stages of Life, and in mm-hmm. that stage of life, if they really had not, you know, addressed the problem, and the problem, your metabolism slows down when you're older, mm-hmm. and then they're getting those feelings of like, you know, they're beating themselves up emotionally. And that, and yep. Yeah, and that's a major problem, too, because prescribers oftentimes, they don't think in terms of older person metabolism slowed up, and they're going with doses, just a standard dose they would for any age group. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the older you are, the more vulnerable you are to medication, so... Dan, what, what happens now when they make that call? Like, what do you do like, when they make the call? Okay, so someone calls up AdCare. They check through the insurance. AdCare Worcester, uh, it takes uh, this 60 types of mass health. There are only two that AdCare Worcester does not take, wow. and those are uh, MBHP and uh, Network Health. Network Health, we do, but it's like it takes, it's so hard to get someone in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah. it's frustrating. And if we can't get them in there, we have commercial insurance. If they have, um, we have a place in Rhode Island as well, and we will drive people to Rhode Island. And now we're hooked up with AAC, American Addiction Centers, which are 22 other facilities across the country. So we have a national call center now. We just hooked up with them in the last year. Mm-hmm. You guys are willing to go out there and pick people up also, right? Yeah, and that's, yeah. The, I mean, we do, like up to two, and a, like two hours and say 15, 20 minutes. We're into the upper state New York, like out in the Westfield area, way out there, to like in Rhode Island, in New Hampshire. 
I mean, I go on a blog periodically, and I see mothers just devastated looking for help for their, uh, you know, someone 18 and above. Yeah. We take mm-hmm. 18 and above, you know, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy? No, I'm just wondering, you know, at Spring Hill, too, we are seeing older adults that are coming in, you know, in their 60s, sometimes in their later 60s, even early 70s, that are coming in for treatment for their very first time. What do you think's precipitating that? You know, what, what's bringing that on, that they're actually finally saying, now's the time, I'm going to go in for treatment? I mean, there's so many, with addiction, it's it's one of those that, we can all have our answer on it. Like, right. I believe, like, I have a premise I said to someone earlier. My premise with addiction is super, super low self-esteem. Yeah. People yeah. don't feel good about themselves. Yeah. Like, if uh, when I was, you know, when I was drinking, someone would, you know, I was, you know, no one sees what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when we talk to people, we have a counter-transference. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you don't say what you're thinking at the time. But we have thoughts, and those counter-transference thoughts, like sometimes we don't let anyone know what's going on with us. You know, and sometimes older adults could be very melancholy, could be, like, very regretful for things, maybe right. ran into someone that triggered. There's so many, as I know, I'm, I'm also... The I will fear also of include. death also, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. I've been experiencing that. Sure. The fear of death, they realize that their time is getting shorter, and there's a panic almost. And that's it, you know, I mean, and what do you do? You just keep picking up the thing that, you know, their intervention is alcohol as opposed to we know the healing comes in the telling. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you tell something, yeah. you get it off your chest. You don't have that knot. Like, I'm sure Kevin realized, like, knows when he was playing hockey. He wanted to be successful. The butterfly feeling, I call it the knot in your stomach, mm-hmm. you know. So Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. Like you, know, like you said, when you get to that point where addiction, you know, starts taking over you know the progression you think it's a progression you think you're okay then all of a sudden it becomes an addiction and then then you're stuck and then the knots start happening you know it's not missing things and it's just like you know my life to your life to anybody's life you're an addict it goes the same way i start missing hockey practice and hockey you start missing jobs you know it's just it's just our minds work the same way but like you said the hardest thing to do is to make that first call to you guys and get in and get in start getting work on the recovery part. Like you said, the detox, get your detox, but we want to be in recovery. We want to we want to go somewhere after detox, right? Is right. the recovery part. And that's the most important part. Right. And that and also too, like when people get out of our uh, detoxes, we have outpatient places like yeah. downtown Boston, we have a new one on fifty Congress Street, one over in Quincy here on mm-hmm. Hancock Street, and we have in Dartmouth in uh, West Springfield one up across the street from the uh, detox in Worcester, the hospital in uh, Worcester, and we have two in Rhode Island. Awesome. You know, and I, I believe, like, not everyone has that level. Like, when you, you're a parent, and you're calling up on the phone, and you're like, everybody wants to get right into detox. Yeah. But not everybody, that's why they vet it out. Not everybody is, you know, yeah. needing to go to detox, intensive outpatient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. the healing Absolutely. comes with yeah. the telling. And you can also handle those more medically acute cases that a lot of other places can't handle. Is that right. correct? And, and I always say to people there, like when I describe it, I care Worcester, if you're an older adult or you have something right. like a level or a level four, so level four detox, so you can have hypertension, right. high blood pressure, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, imagine being a parent. And, you know, you're, you're 18 plus, you know, in your life, they're a person. They have the, one of those one of those three I mentioned. You'd be more, more like not like nervous if it was a hospital setting. And That's I'm not absolutely. like looking right. down at these other places because no. they're phenomenal. No. Right. Yeah. But it's just another segue. You know, what do they say? Many, many routes to recovery. No, you know, but there's a lot one. of places that yeah. wouldn't be able to take those cases yeah, because they can't medically 
handle them. Supervise, yeah. yeah. Before we take a break, can you give your website and the phone number? Well, the Actia phone number is 1-800-252-6465. That's the word alcohol, 1-800-ALCOHOL. And the website is just uh, www.adcare.com. Uh, that's the uh, one. You can call it up under Google. It'll take you right to yeah, AdCare. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to be back with Dan O'Connor from AdCare. You have been listening to CrossCheck with your host, Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. Surrounded by 71 acres of peaceful woodlands, Sunspire Health Spring Hill is a residential addiction treatment center that allows you to clear your mind and reconnect with nature as you focus on your recovery on our open residential campus. At Spring Hill, we use a wide range of evidence-based treatment methods, including medication-assisted treatment and behavioral therapies to create a plan aimed at promoting long-term recovery. In addition to your clinical treatment plan, Take advantage of complimentary recovery activities in the surrounding outdoors and enjoy a comprehensive two-day educational family program, as well as the security of knowing your discharge will include a thorough, individualized plan that goes well beyond our care. Spring Hill offers patients evidence-based treatment for addiction and co-occurring mental health disorders at our facility in Ashby, Mass. If you or a loved one is in need of help, please call us today at 978-254-6668. That's 978-254-6668. Or visit us at sunspirehealth.com backslash spring dash Everybody wants to earn more money, right? Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman, and I'd like to earn more money too. That's why I take advantage of the Bump Up CD specials at the City of Boston Credit Union. It's easy. If their rates go up, yours can too. Check out all their current specials at cityofbostoncu.com. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Funds federally insured by NCUA. Excess insurance by MSIC. Having a rough time paying a bill? Be proactive and contact your creditor. And let them know that your payment's going to be late. Early communication from you will help you in the long run. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman, and this is a financial tip brought to you by the City of Boston Credit Union. For more everyday financial tips, visit cityofbostoncu.com. City of Boston Credit Union, uniquely Boston. Federally insured by NCUA, member MSIC. Hey, this is Sam Mettler, the creator of A&E's Intervention. You're listening to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio. Welcome back to Crosscheck. I'm Andy Bernstein with our host, Kevin Stevens. Willie Drinkwater, Alyssa Horton, Amy George, and Paulie V is now behind the glass. We're talking to Dan O'Connor from AdCare. Let's talk a little bit about the stigma and addiction. You know, what you think we can do, what, what can help. Like, what, what are your ideas on that? Well, I think it starts with words. You know, like words hurt. Like, remember we were kids there and, you, you know, you know, don't like say bad words to people there. Don't put people down. But with addiction, and so many people have been affected by the opiate epidemic, and now fentanyl is number one. And, um, and I just think like, uh, all right, I'll give you an example. Look at down by Boston Medical Center. Now, I was at a forum this past year, and four of the speakers, now here they are talking about recovery matters. Now, I'm not one to, you know, usually open my mouth, but when I do, 
Mm-hmm. It's out of like, I got to say something. So I raised my hand up and I said, you know, four of the speakers here today all refer to that area as methanol mile. Mm-hmm. Why are you buying into what the media says? There are a lot of nice people who work in that area. There's a lot of sick people that migrate around there, but there's a lot of programs they haven't taken yet. Like there's an engagement center over there. Mm-hmm. There's the Southampton Shelter. Mm-hmm. There's uh, PATHS, great program. Mm-hmm. There's also mm-hmm. Project Assert. There's Barbara McGinnis programs. Yeah. There's a lot of great programs. And the people over there, every one of them say the same thing. It's like it's frustrating because people label an area. And, and stigma, like we were talking earlier about, um, about like drug courts. Now, I was saying to Kevin before the, during the break, um, when you think about drug courts, I think about, I was at a forum, I'm on the board of Moore Mass Organization on Addiction Recovery, and I was at a forum up in uh, Salem. This is like about maybe almost two years ago. And Joe, Senator, State Senator Joanne Lovely's there, phenomenal lady, and she's watching me. You know how when you're sitting down? So I'm, I'm underlining words, and I underlined recovery day, recovery month, and then I underlined drug court, and I said, okay, so why do we still have drug court? Why don't we call it recovery court? Because isn't that what it's for? I mean, when you think about it, like I've gone to the one in Quincy, uh, excuse me, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I've been to the one in, uh, uh, what do you call it, down in uh, Bo- uh, Boston Municipal Court has one. I've been to every one of them all over the area, the, my area in Boston and up in Salem and the like. And... I've sat in the one, the one in uh, Chelsea with, uh, with one of the judges. I can't think of his name, but the one in East Boston, Judge McDonald, does a phenomenal job. And, uh, I mean, just watching these young men and young women put, and it doesn't really, the age doesn't matter, but watching them trying to get their lives back together. Mm-hmm. And, that, like, recovery coaches is another word we're using recovery. I agree. Like, you know, that, that recovery court, that, that sounds great because I, I know judges that do those drug courts and, you know, their best day of the year is when those kids graduate. You know, instead oh, of, you know, you know, that makes big, big, that's a big day for them when those guys can, you know, have that graduation day and, you know, recover. It's it, like you said, it's a drug court and methadone mile. Like we, addicts like us, we know those places, you know. You oh. know normal people mm-hmm. look yeah. at that place and say, you know, what the hell is that place? You know, the so, earth people. You know, that's just the way, the way it is. But it, it's crazy. It, it's just the way it's. Stigmatize everything. Now, I mean, know? even with the terms like addict and alcoholic, that can be that can be a slam on somebody too. Oh, he's an addict. He's an alcoholic. You mean he's a human being with substance use disorder? You know, which which is we're we're not there yet. I mean, if you're if you're quote an addict or an alcoholic amongst your own people, yeah. which I refer to as a spaceman, but you know, <laughs> if you're if we're among our own, then we don't we don't take it in a derogatory way. But when you have the media saying addicts and alcoholics. It comes off differently. Oh, it is. Crazy. I think the media is definitely putting a big part of labeling. Yeah, it's even yeah. like pain pills, right? Pain pills is, is and someone says heroin. So, oh my God, he's on heroin. Mm. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. I'm on as many pain pills. This guy's doing heroin. I'm doing worse. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know once, her- once someone says heroin, all the people are like, oh, well, that's God. like crack and cocaine. Yeah. 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 Oh, crack. Well, way they, worse. they're just changing the laws now that the penalties are going to be the same yeah. for crack. Yeah. For well, cocaine. it's like when I stopped. My high school basketball coach, phenomenal guy, and he said, Dan, ask yourself two questions. And I say it to every person I come in contact with with an addiction problem that's still on the fence. What happens to you when you drink a drug? And do you like what happens? And if you like what happens, God bless, good luck. But if you don't, well, like I talked to, I was going in the jail um, about six weeks ago, and I had someone call me up looking for treatment. And the guy was crying on the phone to me. And they're crying literally, like, I'm a loser. 
And he mm. says, people call me, stop. And I says, you're not a loser. I said, you've lost your way. Get into this program and you will be found. I'm telling you, you will be found. Just have an attitude of a willingness, honest, open, and willing. That word, yeah. how. Yeah. Yeah. You Absolutely. know, and I believe yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just amazing when you, when you get into recovery and, and get out of this addiction and get out of alcohol, whatever it is, this disease we have, you know, how, how great your life can be. But it takes mm -hmm. time, like you said. It doesn't take not 10 days. It's not 20 days. Some of these people think they send their kid to detox 20 days a lot of families don't know oh, it's gonna they be come cured. out and cured, they're gonna go yeah. to high school yeah. and they go hang out in the neighborhood everything's changing yeah. yeah so yeah so yeah. it's kind well, of like high schools they have sober high schools yeah my good friend well, Willie Oster guy started yeah. the first one. first one was up in Beverly and uh, yeah. that was through uh, he was state senator then Stephen Tallman and then he yeah. now is the AFL-CIO yes. head yeah and uh, they started that and then it took off Beverly yeah, they went out to in. Minnesota first and they got the yeah. model and they brought it back back to Massachusetts yeah and the story on that I heard the girl speak Mm -hmm. She came over to 103. I go to a series mm -hmm. of lectures because I'm, you know, my licensed alcohol and drug counselor. And this young lady came in, and she said it. I would never forget it. She said I was going to a Catholic high school, and I'm Catholic. There's, I don't have anything. I went to a Catholic yeah. high school, but this is her story, and it's resonated with me. She said she was going to the ladies' room, and people were using drugs in the ladies' room. So her self-esteem was so low. Here, try this, Megan. I'm just using the first name. Right. And Megan, all of a sudden, is hooked and goes to detox, gets out, and she said, like all you guys in here, there was a lot of guys in this uh, forum, you guys, when you get out of detox, they say a famous line, don't hang around the barbershop if you want to get a haircut, <laughs> don't hang around a bar room if you're eventually you know, you're gonna get you're gonna drink. Yeah. That was my that was like a bar room. I'm in the ladies' room. I gotta go to the bathroom, but people are offering drugs. So my mother is uh, getting her hair done and she saw this article out in Minneapolis. There were thirteen sober high schools and yeah. she went out to yeah. the one and then they got Senator Tolman found out about yeah. it, and boom, through lobbying and everything, it just took off. Oscar guy went out and everything else. The thing that I try to avoid, too, working with patients, with clients and stuff, is I, I try to stay away from good, bad, right, or wrong. I, I try to base everything on, is that decision going to be healthy or unhealthy for you? Because then you take out the moral implications and everything else, you know, as opposed to good, oh, bad, right, like, wrong. Yeah, it's like meeting them where they're at, yeah. trying to identify it without putting any kind of any judgment, kind of judgment yeah. on anything you yeah. say or ask. How prevalent is the fentanyl cases right now? Mm. Well, fentanyl, I mean, I read, like I saw all the, you know, you're in this field, you read the literature, mm -hmm. and recently I just saw that fentanyl has overtaken, um, you know, has overtaken, uh, what do you call it, uh, heroin and the like, yeah. and Oxycontin is number one. Now, fentanyl is a synthetic. There's a great website for general information, The Fix, and I yes. go on it periodically, yeah. and it just, and not everything is by people that have, you know, letters in back of their names. But I just try to get a general synopsis understanding. Like fentanyl, like, I mean, think about, um, like, some famous uh, musicians who have died there, like Tom Petty, when they did his, uh, you know, Tom's looking at everything. He had he had it in his, uh, his system there. Think about, uh, what's his name, Prince. I mean, you know, here they are, famous people there, and God bless them. You know what I mean? It's like you feel sad. It's like phenomenal gift, but they were in pain. Like the people I know that are listening to this program. We're in pain. We don't know what to do. We have that knot. And I keep saying you have that knot. And if you're listening, you don't have to have that knot anymore. You can get help. You know, help's available. There is more help available, maybe not right away like in a bed, but if you are willing to hang in there, the help is coming. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing is hang in there, right? And, 
and this help. And like you said, the not. Like, if you want to stop feeling like that, and that's, you know, that's a feeling that we all had for a long time, you know, and we all know it, you know, and I know it, and I know that not. And it's just, you know, there's a way out. Like you said, there's a way out, but you got to make that first call. You got to make the first step. The greatest thing that ever happened to me, I was like a couple years in recovery, and I took my mother. My mother just passed away in November, the day, after th- the day before Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. And I, yeah, she was like 92, 92 years old. Phenomenal lady off the boat from Ireland. And when she put her hands together in a prayer-like type of thing, when I was on a plane, I had taken her to a trip to uh, Sanibel Island for a week. And when she put her hands like this and said, I am so grateful that my real son appeared, you gave me a million dollar feeling, you know, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. what I that's what happens in recovery with there are million dollar feelings to be had by people listening to this program who are looking it over. You know, this is a phenomenal forum here. I, I am ecstatic to be here. I well, just thank can't you. Tell you. Yes. We love having you. to have you. Thank you. We, you know, really what we're trying to do is end the stigma as well through hope and having people come on like yourself and share the different resources that are available and and it happens like it's a lot like there are people that will like we were talking to amy before i came in here amy said like she has that mother effect like kevin has that being a pro athlete effect i mean you have being a young lady effect you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like i've Willie, got the bipolar Willie effect has the school yeah. teacher <laughs> and also yeah. the comic effect i mean we all there's a wrench for every nut yeah. You know, you don't <laughs> don't use the net. Can I I'm, use that one? Yes, you can. Okay. You know, Great. Thank you. Know. you. Oh, I love you, Dan. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. My pleasure. Dan O'Connor from AdCare. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thank we'll be you. back on CrossCheck. You have been listening to CrossCheck with your host, Kevin Stevens. We'll be right back after these messages. Life Skills South Florida is a 26-year-old primary psychiatric facility located in beautiful Deerfield Beach, Florida. We treat mental health conditions and substance use disorders for men and women ages 18 and older by using a holistic approach to treatment. This is done by incorporating elements of mindfulness, meditation, and integrated primary care, which offers individuals the opportunity for complete recovery. Treatment at Life Skills focuses not just on the persisting problems, but targets the underlying disorders that contribute to them in a healing environment. Our program goes above and beyond to empower the individuals during their recovery. For more information about our facilities, please call our Northeast Clinical Outreach Director, Melissa Westerman, at 603-540-6288. That's 603-540-6288. Also, visit our website at lifeskillssouthflorida.com for more info. Big thing that we have to offer is a ton of our staff are also in long-term recovery. Um, and the first thing that we look at is making sure that that individual comes in, feels like they're a person, that we're going to take care of them, and that we're there for them. Individualized treatment, we try and help people find a way to live a life that's drug-free a day at a time. When you're with us, you're going to get a master's clinician who is well-experienced, well-versed in addiction. You're also going to get a case manager who's going to help you basically with everything that you've missed in life due to addiction. You're going to have tons of peer support every day, but when you leave, you're a part of the Recovering Champions family. If you're looking for help to get into treatment and you'd like to use Recovering Champions and our knowledge of the system and how to access it, you can reach us a couple different ways. You can always call our toll-free number, which is 844 888-5391, 844-888-5391. The other place you can find us is on the web, recoveringchampions.com.
This is Chris Nowinski, CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, and you're listening to Crosscheck Substance Abuse Radio, hosted by Kevin Stevens. Welcome back, Crosscheck, here with our host Kevin Stevens, Amy George, Alyssa Horton, Willie Drinkwater, and Polly behind the glass. Great show, guys. I'd love to get your opinions on the Samaritans and also the work Dan O'Connor's doing. It's nice to bring both, like Steve in here and Dan, both guys. Steve does, deals with the mental illness, and it gives you an opportunity to kind of listen to how, how they work with the Samaritans and give you all the lines and every, all the things you need to get a, get a hold of us if you struggle with mental illness. He's a great guy. You know, you, you can see how he goes about his business and easy guy to talk to. Then Dan comes in, and he's on the addiction side of it, and he's another guy that gives you all these different opportunities to get clean and sober. And he told you, you know, tells his story about, you know, that pit, how it's, you know, you can get, you can get better. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, calling Ed here and getting, you know, making that first call out there, I think it's two great opportunities that we're here today and people got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to point out the way we did today that, yeah, yes, we are in an opiate uh, crisis, but th- there's a lot of other things going on. The, mm-hmm. the elderly and late set alcohol, uh, late onset of alcoholism. And the umbrella of mental health. And the umbrella of mental health. It was great to have both these guests today, um, especially hear about Samaritan and what they're doing. That's that's amazing. And I'm really glad that they could um, discuss on the fact that there's no barrier to anyone calling them. That's a really, really helpful thing. There's um, a wrench for every nut. Like right. you said, right? <laughs> and to say Dan. I mean, I see Dan around all the time. He's I great. know Dan. He's, He's amazing. He's and AdCare is an awesome program. Yeah. A person very close to me got sober there seven years ago. So, like, I... I fully vouch for that program yeah no and just to continue to decrease the stigma for both like to really be Mm -hmm, able to mm -hmm. reach out and know that there's someone there on the other line listening and that's gonna say things can be okay and that there are places to call that will listen and you get help I think it's really important to continue to raise that awareness and that the family doesn't always have to be the one to have all the answers that there's other people out there that you can reach out to which is really important and we'll listen absolutely absolutely Paula you've been so quiet today it was great to see Dan. I see Dan around. Uh, I'm a graduate of AdCare, so uh, it's living proof that it's possible to get recovery. But today's the day for me. And just uh, sitting in this booth and listening to what I've heard, I'm so grateful I'm sober today. I am so grateful that I could sit in this booth and listen to what only people like us understand to carry the message of hope to somebody else. Absolutely. Um, any words of hope? You know, I think it's important to understand, like, you know, the people that are on these, when you make this call, we talk about kind people. When you make a call and you have a question, you, you, know, you can have any question you want. You don't have to worry about what you're going to ask these people because we've all heard everything. We've all been through everything. We all know what you're feeling. And so mm-hmm. nothing, nothing anybody says. And they're not going to be judged. Yeah, it's judged. And nothing anybody says isn't something we already said, so don't feel bad about it. Some people feel bad about calling. Should I call? Shouldn't I? Just call. What do you have to lose, right? Yeah. Just call. Same for us. You can give us a call. Yeah. yeah. What's your number over there at Recovering Champions? Well, you can call me. It's 774-205-3790, and you'll get me directly. And Amy? I'm at 508-259-5079. And for your private practice needs, 781-572-2290. Okay, everybody's got a number. A um, couple of things. We have a new website, which is powerforward25.com. That's great. Mm-hmm. We are on Facebook yes. under Power Forward. And we're also on pod617.com, where you can hear all our podcasts, and also on iTunes. 
And thank you, everyone. Thanks to David Nasara. Thanks for Kim Bro for helping us. Kim, Kim, Kim. Kimmy. Kim, Kimmy. Kim, Kim. Great week, everybody. And we'll see you next time on Crosscheck. You have been listening to Crosscheck Radio with your host, two-time Stanley Cup winner Kevin Stevens. Join Kevin and his team each Saturday and Sunday as we try to remove the mask of addiction. If you or a loved one is suffering with substance use disorder, please call the Mass Substance Abuse Hotline at 1-800-327-5050. That's 1-800-327-5050. Or visit us at powerforward25.com for more information. What up, gangsters? From pod617.com, it's Shawshanked, the podcast. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. Nick Stevens. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. Matty Blake. Come on, do it. Kill me. It's Georgie Kip. This movie has everything. Kiss masks. Lee Trevino. Shawshanked. Movies that you get. Shawshanked by Shawshanked. I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshanked. Make sure to check for new episodes of Shawshanked regularly at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust.